Hello, this is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with Geico? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by ShopFutsal.com, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. And hello and welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I am Baxter Colburn. And believe it or not... This is Simon Provan. Wow, hello, Simon Provan. Hey, Baxter. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing great. Back in the studio was a great feeling. I had a good time out in Oregon over the last yeah. couple of weeks, officially certified in a uh, certain Meisner technique well of done. acting. Well done, a Meisner so, technique. Yeah, what yeah, exactly yeah. does that even mean? Uh, it's a lot of repetition. Ah. So you say something, I say something, you say something. They, we Sounds go back like and two forth. up front it's on a weekly basis. Right. You yeah, have, I yes, could have saved yes. you that and just given you yeah. a piece of paper and been like, you're good. Like, so it's a way to get actors out of their head. So anybody listening who is an actor knows exactly what that means. And, and if you're not an actor, you, you don't have to know what that means. It's part I've, of the magic. <laughs> part of the magic. Perfect. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that the magic of two up front is back yes. and rolling along. Not to say that Corey Platt did not do a good job. It was wonderful to have him and get a little bit more of a uh, debating perspective from him at times during the last two weeks. So thank you, Corey, for uh, filling in for Simon. Yeah, thanks, is, uh, Corey. It's great to have you back, though, Simon. Uh, a lot of things to get to today. A couple of uh, interviews coming up as well. Uh, in our next segment, we're going to talk to Bianca Verrar of Vavil USA. She's been promoted, Simon. She's no longer just a writer. She's the official NWSL editor of Vavil USA. How about that? Congratulations. So she'll be here with us to talk about NWSL. My Houston Dash finally won, finally against, well, a very depleted Portland Thorns yeah. team, so I'm not going to yeah. read too much into it. Well, But not only did they win, Baxter, but they got their first goal since, what was it, May 7th? Something. They, they win six games without scoring a goal, and they waited a couple minutes too long to uh, to not have the record, but now they own the record for the longest scoreless drought, or the longest scoring drought. Oh, is that well. right? I didn't yeah. realize so that. They now have wow. the most minutes wow. of scoring uh, without scoring because they waited, I think, like six or seven minutes into the match to not score. But I'll tell you what, it seems like ever since uh, Denise O'Sullivan was on the show, man, <laughs> she is lighting up that Houston, I love Denise. That Houston field. Yeah, I agree. No, I completely agree. And then later on, we're going to go down to USL. Michael Cox of Orlando City B will be here to chat with us. And then a fantastic interview that I'm really excited for. New England Revolution's forward Femi Hollinger-Jansen will be here to talk about his incredible journey uh, overcoming a a birth defect. Uh, He wasn't even supposed to walk, Simon, and now he is uh, almost almost starting for the New England Revolution. He's a very consistent substitute, and he's scored a lot of goals. And uh, just a very it's a feel good story. So definitely an exciting thing for him. Yeah, Baxter. Yeah, that's that's the great thing about sport. Of course, you know we focus on soccer here, but but sport does offer those opportunities to come over 
you know, come over the odds. Yes. To, to do the impossible. I agree. Yeah, it's one of the great things about sports in this world. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you on that one. So, like we said, three huge interviews today that we are very excited about. Uh, As we mentioned, though, we want to make sure that you know that you can find us on Fridays on the Sports Podcasting Network at 1130 a.m. Central Time. And then you can find the show on demand on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com. And, of course, you can find more information about our show at going to our website at 2upfrontsoccer.com. Of course, you can also find us on Facebook, 2upfront. We're on Twitter as well, at 2upfrontsoccer. And we have our own Twitter handles, at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colburn. Yes, indeed. All right, Simon. Well, let's jump into the kick around, a full batch of wonderful things to get into uh, here in the first segment. Let's start briefly with the uh, 2016 AT&T MLS All-Star roster officially being announced. They will take on Arsenal um, this on July 28th at uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You will be there, Simon. That's the plan. I That's actually plan. I, I had an audition for a film mm. uh, recently that if, if I were to be cast, I'm not counting on it, I never do, but if I were, then actually I'd be filming oh, on that Thursday. How so. interesting. But, but yes, the plan is for now. That got the plane ticket, hopefully. got the hotel. Just in case. Just in case. Well, that's exciting. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, So either way, I win. You know what I mean? If I don't get oh, cast, yeah. I get it's to like, go to the MLS oh, All-Star game. I have to go game. to a movie. Oh, I have to go to the All-Star Game, right. It's like <laughs> bummer. What a what a chore it is to be Simon Provan on the day of the All Star Game, I guess. But uh, but yes, I'll be sure to snap pictures, post them to our Please. Twitter account. Back even if you're in the movie as well, too. You know, post those. Sure, I'll figure that out somehow. <laughs> we had Pokemon on the show last week. If you didn't see, there was a, yes, some, I saw some that, Pokemon yeah. hanging out in the studio with us. It was kind of weird. You definitely caught a feud on air, but. Uh, uh, looking at this roster, only two goalkeepers, which is very traditional. Um, there still will be a couple other players that will be named to the roster. Those are more just, you know, hey, you're an all-star, but you don't get to actually go to the roster. David Bingham, Andre Blake, I can't really think of two better goalkeepers. I would say David Ousted, but the way Bingham and Blake have played so far this year, I think that's I think that's the best one in two. Uh, I'm going to disagree a little bit, Baxter. Zach McMath mm. deserves to be, mm. and I, I think that... I think that was a league thing where the the league probably stepped in and said Tim Howard's coming in. We can't have can't Zach McMath from, be mm-hmm. the be the Colorado Rapids keeper. Uh, you know, no, but, I, 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 but, mean, but to the same, and I could see that David Bingham not nearly as good as Andre Blake. I think Andre Blake overall, I think probably the best goalkeeper from start to finish. I mean, you can say what you want about Zach McMath. Pure athleticism, I think Andre Blake is is the better goalkeeper and overall. I, I, yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not going to argue with the athleticism, but when you're looking at shutouts, mm-hmm. I mean, Zach McMath is he's on top of the league. No, I'd agree with you. I mean, maybe it was some. I mean, this is obviously fan vote as well too. So there's only so much. I mean, Andre right. Blake probably had a much more of a fan base voting for him in Philadelphia than maybe McMath did in Colorado, especially now with Tim Howard's there. People were probably like, "Oh, that's right, Zach McMath was our goalie. That's right, he did a thing for us." So hopefully people actually realize that. But um, the defenders are Matt Beasler, Steve Birnbaum, Laurent Simon, Andrew Farrell, Liam Ridgewell, Keegan Rosenberry, Brandon Vincent, and Kendall Waston as well. Uh, Andrew Farrell doesn't belong on this roster. Thank you, though, for putting him on here, um, MLS. That's very you know, I, nice I of kind you. of feel the same way about Reggie, Liam Ridgewell. He's been yeah. injured a lot this season. Yeah. Uh, he had a great year last year, and I almost feel like that's the reason as he's on this team this yeah. year. Matt Beasler's been pedestrian this entire year, even at the Gold Cup. All right, well, not the Gold Cup, Copa America, I felt like. I mean, it was good to see the consistency, I guess, but eh. I'm a little surprised by that. And Steve Birnbaum being gone, too, he hasn't been a part of the, the whole MLS season. Laurent Simon was gone with uh, with Belgium as well right. at the Euros. So 
Keegan Rosenberry and Brandon Vincent and Kendall Lawson are really the only three guys that have done a lot for their teams this year. But on the flip side, Brandon Vincent plays for a, a horrible Chicago Fire team. But Keegan Rosenberry, he's uh, he's not even 20, I believe, Simon, and he's tearing up the league right now. And I believe he's a true right back, which doesn't happen very often in MLS. No, that's right. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, midfielders, Kyle Beckerman, Mauro Diaz, Giovanni Dos Santos, Jermaine Jones, Kaká, Sasha Kleshton, Darlington Nagmi, Andrea Pirlo, and Will Trapp. Uh, I have to say, this is something, this is, you look at those players, there's not a single one that doesn't deserve to be there. Well, there's a guy, though, that is causing a lot of row because he's not there, Simon. Do you know who that is? I'm surprised you didn't pick him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diego Valeri. Yeah. Yeah, he's that's not true. not on this entire roster. That, if you're looking for well, I the... guess, I, you know what, Baxter? Yeah, I would take Will Trapp out of there and put Valeri in. Well, I, I don't but know again, why Will Trapp is there. But you again, need representation, probably, right. of the entire league. But, I mean, Ola Kamara, I feel like, has been much better than Will Trapp, but they probably needed a midfielder. Ethan Finley hasn't well, and, done much. And Ola Kamara has come on since the other Kamara has left. You yes. Know? You, you think about the first time we put our votes in. I mean, that was a couple of months yeah. ago. Yeah, no, that's right. We, and could, that's, we could go back and look. And that's part of the problem with this, Yeah. you know. No, I completely agree. Yeah, from a media perspective, I mean, good Lord, that was probably two or three months ago that we voted at that point. And think how much MLS changes even in two weeks, let alone two months. Now, what I will say, what I will say, yes, Mauro Diaz, you know, again, he was injured at the season. So was Valeri. Commissioner's pick. But he's a commissioner's pick. So is Kyle Beckerman as a commissioner's pick. Mm. So the commissioner had an opportunity to, to put Valeri in there as he well. He did. You're absolutely right about that. Kyle Beckerman, once again, doesn't deserve to be in this. That's more of a U.S. fanboy thing. Mauro Diaz... Absolutely, I feel yeah. like if whether he plays five minutes all year or he plays every single game, Mauro Diaz is through and through and through one of the best, if not the best, midfielder in MLS. I feel like, and then uh, forward wise, Clint Dempsey, Didier Drogba, Sebastian Jovinko, Kyle Laren, Ignacio Piatti, David Villa, and Simon's favorite player, Chris Wondolowski. Well, hey, we as we talk about in MLS, he's a fantastic player, but when he you is. put him on the national team, totally different. No story. go. And when you're playing at a Via Stadium, you can't not have your poster boy right. like the San Jose Earthquakes. Right. You just right. have to. Yeah, that makes no, sense. That's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, there's actually one player on here, Baxter, that I don't think deserves to be on here, and I think he's on here same thing because the last year, and that's Drogba. I mean, how many player, how many teams or uh, games has he sat out? That's true because he doesn't want to play on turf. I agree with you on that one. I mean, between Drogba and even Clint Dempsey, though, too. Dempsey's been fairly wishy washy right? this yeah. year too. But yeah. I mean, he has the last name that has carried him so far in his career. I mean, that makes total sense. Jovinko, obviously, Ignacio Piatti, David Villa, yes, those three especially are, are carrying their teams right now. Um, Kyle Laren started hot, got really, really cold for a couple of weeks, and then just more recently than not has th- sort of come back with a couple goals here and there. Rumors that he might even be going to Benfica and Portugal as well, but um, that's a whole other thing for a whole now, other time. Here's here's another here's another Timbers player that I think got snubbed that I would have picked over Drogba, and that's Adi. Yeah, that was another I mean, one that I had heard too. Ten was, goals. You know, he's got... Ten goals on the year. He's only what two off the off the three off the mark. He's yep. third third in the league. <sighs> no, I, I, I agree I with you on I that one. That. I mean, and maybe this is my fanboy on my side too. But I would have much rather Andrew Farrell not been on this team. If you're going to put any, a Revolution defender, then take Chris Chris Tierney, or I would have brought Lee Wynn on as well from a midfield perspective. Nobody else, to my knowledge, has played that well. I mean, New England as a whole has not played consistently well all right. season, but Lee Wynn, right. I feel like, has been a small bright, a, you know, small spot. Andrew Farrell, he's been, you know, fairly decent, but not all-star worthy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, 
I agree with that, Baxter, yeah. completely. All right, uh, let's continue to move on. Uh, MLS transfer season has been a little busy here and there. We won't spend too much time on it because we, even ourselves, don't necessarily know everything that's going on. But uh, a big move that just recently happened, um, Patrick Mullins found himself traded over to D.C. United. And Fabian Espindola, who thought was getting ready to play with a nice young up-and-coming forward, found himself traded to Vancouver. So now if you're Vancouver, you have Blas Perez and you have Fabian Espindola. Which, yes, I know they're not in their prime, but these guys still know how to put the ball in the back of the net, as we've seen many times this season already. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah, I mean, Perez, he's not his prime, but, you know, he's the one still scoring goals for Vancouver, yeah. for his country as well. So the, the man is, is just a lightning bolt of energy, even at his age. Um, and who was the other player you mentioned that just got transferred? I'm sorry, to Vancouver. Patrick Mullins. Patrick Mullins. To DC United, yeah. Right. But who was the uh, Espindola? I'm sorry, Fabian to, Espindola, to uh, yeah. Vancouver. Yeah, you know he's he's not far removed from his prime though. Yeah, he just needs to be in that right system in order to. I mean, you know when he was when he was playing fantastic for Sporting Kansas City, he had a good cast around him, and the yeah. cast hasn't changed much. Much, but it has aged. Yes, no, I completely agree with you on that one. Uh, DC United also uh, a couple of days, well, about two weeks ago now, but we didn't say mention about it. They got Lloyd Sam. They bought him um, off of uh, off of New York Red Bulls. So interesting now for Lloyd Sam to be a part of the DC United team that um, has Lamar Nagel on it. I mean, right. and Patrick Mullins. You got Kemp in the back, who's had yeah. a really good season. Uh, Bill Amid, of course, in goal as well. I think that's a fantastic pickup for DC United personally. And I, I, agree. I think Ben Olson is really uh, starting to. There's Something. Get together. There's something yeah. going on there to keep an eye on. But as, as we mentioned, too, rumors swirling about uh, Kyle Laren possibly being sold to Benfica right. in Portugal, which would be a good stepping stone because uh, anybody that's been a fan of Sporting Lisbon knows that they basically made the Portuguese national team and their Champions League, or their uh, Euro Championship team. Um, there's rumors that Diego Fagundes is rumored to go over to Serie A. To, I believe it's Fiorentino, but Fagundes has been rumored every single season since he came at MLS to Italy at some point, so I don't really take that with much until he's actually sold. Um, other than that, I haven't heard too many other rumors or things mulling around. Simon, have you heard anything else? Uh, I have not, other than, uh, I mean, if we're if we're in this arena, we want to talk about the big hire from, uh, from Orlando yeah. recently coming out. Jason... Uh, Christ has returned. He has. He took a year off um, to coach NYCFC, and then he got fired after being told that you're going to be our long-term coach, and then he got fired, yes. and then he took a year off, as unemployment was, and became your well, Klinsman's assistant, exactly, basically. Yeah, he spent time with so Klinsman, yeah. You know, so who knows how much he learned or didn't learn while he was <laughs> with him. And now Orlando City fired Adrian Heath and decided to hire... Jason Christ. Yes. Which is I, interesting. Well, I think I think it's a fantastic hire. Look, when when uh, when Christ was at RSL, they were struggling and they were still in their yeah. expansion stage really, you know, when he, when he took over, when Dave Checkets gave, you know, he retired from playing and immediately was named the coach. That mm-hmm. was part of the plan. Yeah. You know, he won an MLS Cup. He did. With RSL. I know. Now he's in a similar situation here where he's he's with a team that, you know, Orlando City isn't horrible, but they keep drawing and drawing and drawing. Oh, man, of course, oh, man. you know, Heath's last game was that 4-0 uh, loss he had on July 4th. I want to say against one of the New York teams. I don't know if that's that's right. I was, I was still in Oregon at that point. <laughs> uh, but anyways... You know, you got Kaká in the midfield there. You, you, for now, you have Laren up top. Yep. You've got a decent keeper in Bendik Julio in the Baptista back. Baptista, you've got right. there. I mean, there's there's enough guys that the, you could do something. Yeah, the ingredients is there to make this team something. Yeah, exactly. And uh, having somebody like Jason Christ now, who I I guarantee you, Baxter, I guarantee. And this is funny because he actually came out and said, 
everything that this club has is everything you want in a soccer club, <laughs> which is kind of like a you know hmm. doing a little something to New York City FC. Exactly. But yeah. but but my point is. I think ultimately what happened is is he probably went in that room and said, look, at New York, I had no control. I was told mm-hmm. I had to play Pirlo. I was told I had to play Lampard when he came. He probably said, give me total – I probably learned this from Klinsmann. Give me, give me total control. I don't know if he said it in a German accent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, trust me with what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this – a, a winning club. Yeah, I mean, it's from a, a move perspective. I mean, there was no better guy available right now, at least from an American coach perspective. But I mean, I heard swellings of Dunga maybe being hired as well. I mean, oh. they're already Brazilian enough anyway down Very in Orlando, true. so they thought, why not bring in a Brazilian coach and completely just change Orlando as a whole? But they decided to stay domestic and brought in Jason Kreiss. He's He knows MLS. He knows how to win an MLS you know, at a very, very high level. Right. It makes sense. It, it also makes sense, like you said, Baxter. He knows MLS, and that's the key. If you're going to make a change midseason, you got to bring in somebody who knows this league. They yes. can't be learning the league. Yep. No, I completely They've agree. got a great fan base down there, and you you know they're on the verge of losing some of them because there's been some bad relationships between players and the fans. You need a guy like Christ yeah. in there who can who can get in and fix things today. I agree. I completely agree. All right, two other quick things here, Simon, before we run to our first break. Let's talk about the U.S. Open Cup. Um, the quarterfinals are done and gone, and the semifinals are set. New England will take on Chicago uh, at New England, and the L.A. Galaxy will host FC Dallas. Both of those matches are scheduled for August 10th. Oh, man, I, th- I could have sworn I read something today that FC Dallas and Chicago were playing each other. Mm, not according to this, as of 11 All 20. Right. Yeah. All Semifinals right. are set with New England slated to host Chicago and LA scheduled to host FC Dallas. Um, Chicago gets first priority for hosting the final, though, so maybe a possible road trip in our near future. Oh, maybe that's what, okay. Yeah. Yes, LA yeah. has second, then Dallas. New England can't host. Everybody else would have to drop out, and honestly, for, for them to even have a chance to, to host, okay. which is okay. not going to happen, of course. So your thoughts? I mean, uh, well, like, what, do you, what do you think about how this all shaped up? I, I'm, I was surprised to see the Galaxy beat Seattle in this. I mean, this is Seattle's tournament. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I three, agree. Three back-to-back-to-back wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I found a very funny thing on Twitter today that said, the LA Galaxy may uh, create history here in being the first team to not want to win the cup <laughs> to actually win the cup. <laughs> It's so true, though. Like it's it's sad of how badly like the Galaxy just don't care, but right. they they keep getting matched up against teams that care even less than they do, which you think is very a very hard thing to accomplish. But I mean, now they have to go up against a real team in FC Dallas, which you would like to assume will bring a very talented grouping of guys when they have to take on the Galaxy. I mean, well, I tell you what, you know, we say they don't care yet. You know, they go down one zero in the fourth minute in this game against Seattle. Yeah. It takes a while, but then Alan Gordon in the 17th minute ties things up, and you're thinking, hey, maybe maybe something will happen here. Game t- stays tied through that first half, and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hercule Gomez scores. He <sighs> loves scoring against Bruce Arena because uh, Bruce Arena did not like him. Yeah. Obviously. Anyways, so it's 2-1 to one, all the way up to the 77th minute, and L.A., boom, boom, boom. So if they don't care, they certainly do seem to care yeah. um, in the final minutes of these games, and... You know, it's been a long time since we've seen a domestic double in the U.S., and it'd be cool. I'd know? agree. No, I completely agree with you on that one. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on the U.S. Open Cup, of course, and maybe we'll have Josh Hakala again from the yes. Cup.us back on as well once we know 
a little bit more about who our, our final will be and how those teams got there. Last thing, uh, let's jump over to Europe really fast. Simon, you found an interesting article about um, America's favorite wunderkid. Not yeah, Christian Julian, yeah, Julian Green being oh. mentioned over here at ESPN FC. Now, I don't know if they're doing this just to, uh, you know, to get some hits, but yeah. Probably. Um, uh, Martinez, Javi Martinez wrote an article today about how Julian Green could be set for a breakout season with Bayern Munich. Of course, I feel like we heard that song last year. I feel like we did. But a little bit different this year, Baxter. He's actually been playing in preseason, starting some games. And, in fact, he got the first goal in their 4-3 preseason friendly over Lipstadt. Um, but they also played 90 minutes again man- against uh, Manchester City. So Ancelotti is, and Ancelotti's been very complimentary of Green, saying he's a young kid, lots of potential. And uh, for sure he will play well. But again, we've heard this from other coaches, mm-hmm. you know. But he's actually playing in the preseason. And as a, as an American fan, of course, you hope that yeah. carries over. No, I'd agree with you on that one. So something certainly to keep an eye on with Julian Green. Uh, maybe he'll find his way back into the uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's roster, maybe? Yeah, I mean, you know, camp at least, maybe. If, if Ancelotti lives up to his words that uh, Green will get plenty of opportunities this year, we just got to hope they're with the top team but not the U23s. Yep, I agree with you on that one. Alright, we're going to run to a break. When we come back, Bianca Verar will be here with us from Avival USA to talk about NWSL and see what's going on now that the Olympics are just around the corner and uh, what's going on with Boston, maybe, too, and a couple other teams. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Twip Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Two Up Front is the American soccer show on the Sports Podcasting Network. Join Baxter Colburn and Simon Proven on Fridays at 11.30 a.m. Central as they cover all things American soccer with weekly guests from the pro, college, and youth ranks and digging deep into the American professional leagues. Two Up Front gives you the insight you're looking for. Airing at 11.30 a.m. Central on SportsPodcastingNetwork.com, it's Two Up Front, the world's game from an American perspective. Back inside the studio, rolling on with another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, moving into NWSL action. The Olympics, well, they're still only about a month away, but NWSL continues to turn on. All the good players, or at least what most folks would tell you, are gone to their respective national teams if they are playing in the Olympics. And uh, there's just a lot happening, Simon. Sometimes too much for us to handle, which wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, you know, just you look at the amount of players called up and it's like it's, it's hard for me to keep track of all of these. So I feel like we need, we need somebody else to help us yeah, figure this out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, you Baxter. Know? Is there somebody you can think of that would help us? I, 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 in my <laughs> mind, there's, there's a name popping there's up. There's a name. It starts there's with somebody, Bianca with is the first name. Is that's what it starts with is Bianca. <laughs> B starts with B, but B, the name B, is Bianca. Bianca. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. Bianca Verrar, I think, would be a that's good one. That's who it yes, is. Yes, perfect. Well, Bianca Verrar, a the newly promoted NWSL editor of Avil USA, is here with us. How are we doing, Bianca? Welcome back to Two Up Front. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing great. Just, you know, ready for this weekend set of games. Yeah, we've got some good games coming up. But uh, let's go back to last week for just a brief moment, if you don't mind, Bianca. Some interesting games. Let's start with the team very near and dear to both of our hearts, though. The Houston Dash, they finally got a huge victory. 
3-0 over the Portland Thorns. But uh, it, was, it, was, it wasn't the same Portland Thorns team, though, wouldn't you say, Bianca? No, yeah, definitely. Just without their um, Olympic players, they took a big hit. And then um, also with Jagmeen, not really sure why she wasn't there, but she also wasn't in the lineup or on the bench. So that definitely changed the Portland Thorns that night. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, and it was uh, Houston also acquired a, a new record, un- unfortunately, um, with going. They now have the the league record. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bianca, for the most minutes without scoring a goal. Uh, I think they they missed it by I think like a couple minutes had they scored any earlier than that. But uh, they uh, they now own the league record, which is something to not be thrilled about. Uh, six matches they went without scoring a goal, but uh, finally getting three. I was going to say, but they made up for it by by putting three in, in Portland's net. And it was three. It was three players that needed to score. It was nice to see Rachel Daly finally get back yes. on the yeah. score sheet after a very very long hiatus as well. But uh, aside from that, though, Bianca, some other interesting games, of course, as we saw here um, over the last week in NWSL action. Uh, you, you saw a, a Washington Spirit team uh, hold on against FC Kansas City. Uh, the Chicago Red Stars beat Orlando 1-0. Seattle and Washington drew 1-1. And then Boston, poor, poor Boston, they lost to Sky Blue 3-2. Uh, of those four games, Bianca, were any of them that really jumped out to you more than another for uh, one reason or another? Um, Not entirely. It kind of went the way I was expecting. But more for Seattle, I was kind of just surprised they couldn't put it away after everything that they went through the week before with the Western New York uh, field issue and just having these quality players that you would assume is like the most stacked in the league considering how many people are gone. Yeah. And they still weren't able to put it away. Hmm. It was very interesting to see a, a Seattle team struggle like that. But to the same accord, though, the Western New York Flash, they've had a very, well, very maybe, good season. Maybe it's because Seattle prepared for a 58-yard field. That is also in, very know. possible. Yeah, they were expecting something a little different, maybe. I mean, that was I. We we haven't touched upon that yet because I was gone. But yep. I, I watched a little bit of that game and I tuned in, and I was I was so incredibly confused <laughs> that the that they weren't on you know even on the dirt at all that they kept it all in the outfield, and I just kept thinking, man. Every foul that happens in the final third yeah. could be a penalty kick. Well, any foul that happens is a, is basically within shooting distance right. on that field yeah. too. It, it was absolutely just. Uh, you wrote a, a pretty scathing piece about this too on Vavil USA, Bianca. What were some of your thoughts about that? Uh, interesting. We should should we call it field gate? I don't know what we, what we should we call it. It was, it was bad. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. I just it's just very surprising to me how the league kind of just let it happen due to, like, all the other factors going on. Like, they were aware of the field being booked for that day and just not finding, like, a different option or, like, rescheduling. And then just, like, the comments after the match, too, were pretty interesting. Yeah, that's what I that's what I heard from a lot of different sources, too, is that uh, both coaches were, were just floored. They were like, are you serious? Like, I mean... It, at what point, though, if you're a team, and maybe you can help me with this, Simon, at what point, if you're a team, do you walk out onto the field and say, I'm not playing on this? Well, that's that's what actually what I was going to say is if both coaches were upset with it, you would think there would be a point where they would turn around and say to their players, what do you think? Yeah, you don't have to play. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, if both teams decide, hey. Because ultimately what it does is a disservice to a league that's trying to grow. Yeah, and obviously, I, we're very supportive of I it, agree. Bianca. Of course, you're very supportive of it. And and, and and to us types of fans, it's 
you know, it's almost an insult it that you, a slap would, in the you, face. Would, you would play a game on a, on a field I of that size. And I think I mentioned this last week, too, when uh, when Corey was, was with me here, too, talking about it and the fact of that this is something that, as an NWSL league, they were growing. Everybody was really recognizing them, and then they did this. And I felt like they almost took a, a step or two back. And I, I feel like this did way more damage than it did good by, right, playing, by the game. playing the game. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree yeah. with you on that one. Uh, well, uh, Bianca, uh, as the Olympics are just right around the corner here now, too, uh, of course, 38 players from NWSL are on their way to the Olympics. Is there one team or two or three teams that are going to be affected the most because of these uh, major absences at all? Um, I feel for sure, obviously, Portland, because they just have so many players that are either playing for our national team or just overseas. So they're a very big factor. But also... Um, I just feel like the Dash, despite their struggles anyway, they'll also suffer because a lot of their starting players are on national teams too. So yep. it'll be interesting how they balance their amateur players and put in players in different places. I'd agree with you on that one too. I mean, and some folks can say, well, you know, they lose Carly Lloyd, but they lost Carly Lloyd months ago. So her absence doesn't mean anything right now. If she comes back healthy, obviously that'll be like getting a brand new player, which will be fantastic. But losing Morgan Bryan, as you mentioned, you know, Ashlyn Chapman, uh, Paulina, Yanni Becky, Lydia Williams, and Andresa as well. Those are all key cogs for, for Houston starting 11. So all of those players being gone certainly uh, leave some questions. That's for sure. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. You know, and one of the things, too, you you look at here, um, it's the quality of players, too. Like you're talking about, Bianca, with Portland. I mean, you know, you lose Christine Sinclair, um, who's obviously playing for Canada. Henri, who was their big signing this yeah. year, she's playing for France. So it's not, as you said, it's not just the Americans, but the quality of their internationals is astounding. So to, you know, to see Portland without players, and it's no surprise then that one of the other top teams is the Washington Spirit, who's losing a number of players as well. Now you see why they're yeah, exactly. two of the top teams in the league. I'd agree with you on that one, too. I, I'm curious, more so than anything, for teams that have you know, these Olympic goalkeepers, how they're going to respond. You know, no Hope Solo, no Alyssa Nair, no Lydia Williams. That's a huge loss for yeah, Houston. That's, huge. A, that's a massive, absolutely massive. But I'm curious now, will Seattle be able to do anything now that they are... Hope solo lists, you know, is Chicago going to still be quote unquote as good as they were without a lesson there like that? There's a lot of questions I feel swirling around with, you know, how good some of these teams are, but to the same accord though, there's teams that are going to at least be able to take advantage of that. I mean, Boston, they're only losing what two people from what I'm counting here. If I'm counting correctly, I believe this is an opportunity if you're Boston to at least get a little bit of dignity back. I mean, you've, you've only won one game all season long. So certainly a possibility in that regards. But, uh, I, I'm well, that's, that's a good yeah. question for you, Bianca. Is, you know, is, is this an opportunity for Boston to take advantage, or are they just that poor where it's really not going to change much for them? Well, I feel like since they're only losing two players, I think I want to say it's Whitney Engen and Kaya mm-hmm. Simon. Um, they, they definitely should take advantage of the fact that other people are losing more players. But I just feel like after watching this team seasons in and out just not being able to put it together it's kind of just not gonna happen for them um they have like a they they signed a couple of international players but yeah. from what i've like searched on them their players that they're bringing in aren't necessarily like the best of the best they were kind of just subpar or didn't really see much time at their other clubs so i feel like they're just not doing what they need to to be able to win games and like take advantage of this like olympic break 
Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. That's one. that's my big question for you, Bianca. So kind of taking a big left turn here, but there's not much of a break that happens with NWSL, and and I understand part of that is you got to get these games in, but. You know, in, a, in an Olympic year, it's not just the Olympics that these teams are affected by, but it's all it's all these pre-Olympic games mm-hmm. that they're affected by. Is that at a point where, you know, it's year four in NWSL, they get through this year, but four years from now that they maybe do take a, a two-month break from play? So you don't have teams like Portland, like Washington, like Houston, losing these massive amount of people, and then perhaps the fans feeling a little bit cheated when they pay full ticket prices? Mm. Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I mean, now it's too late, obviously, to do anything, but in four years, definitely look into that, especially with how often, like, for example, the U.S. takes their players, and I know Brazil sometimes likes to do residency camps before they go into, like, their big tournament, so you're losing players, like, last year, I know, for the Dash, uh, Randy tried to sign some Brazilians, but he had to let them go because they wanted to do um, a residency camp for the team before they went to the World Cup, and that's just, like... You're kind of the teams are kind of being cheated because you you get the player you do all these things to trade and like make sure you have these players but when yeah. you can't use them when you need them what's the point yeah I'd agree with you on that one for sure I mean and that's something too um, next year when there is no major tournament the the European the women's Euros are next year but the amount of players lost is so much more so much less right honestly. right so. well and you, and you look at the teams that are being represented by the nwsl in the olympics the united states france australia brazil canada new zealand those are you know they're one all, through five basically right, all right. NWSL teams. And, and new zealand you know number 17 they made the quarterfinals in 2012 so they're they're not like the men's team where it's kind of like a, okay no, no problem yeah, it's like, you know they're, right, you they're, guys are they're cute. a decent squad yeah. so you've got you've got top players playing for top teams and I realize the league right now, NWSL, just isn't healthy enough to take that break, but I certainly hope they get to that point where, like I mm-hmm. said, you, you're you able to take a couple months off rather than having, for lack of a better phrase, a reduced product on yeah. the field. No, I'd agree with you on that one. I mean, and that bears the question, though, too, Bianca. What would have to happen, though, to, to survive that, that bigger break? Is it more teams? Is it more players? Smaller like, fields? Yeah. <laughs> 3v3 <laughs> tournaments? Like, what, 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 how, do you, how do you solve this problem? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I I would say, like, just, first of all, just develop the other players that maybe, like, start adding more um, reserve teams to each um, club because I know the Spirits have, like, a reserve that plays in the semi-pro league. And they, I think they, I believe they pull up players from that team when they have um, other players away on mm-hmm. um, international duty, which would be good. And just, like, maybe have, like, a mini tournament during that time, something that's, like, Outside of league play, um, just I feel like they just need to figure something out because if they keep doing this, I don't know if people will be satisfied with what they're seeing. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. I mean, you want to keep the interest in the league as long as possible, but at the same accord, I mean, you need to you need to be smart about it too. I mean, the league is surviving and it's surpassed expectations so far. But at the same time, I mean, you, you got to think about it, though. You, the future is certainly bright, and with expansion talks, you know, coming maybe along the East Coast from what we've heard as well for a possible team. But uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Well, Bianca, before we let you run, let's take a look at these upcoming games for this weekend. Uh, let's start with Western New York Flash and FC Kansas City. What do you think about that game, and who do you think is your winner? Um, that one's going to be a pretty interesting one. Uh, personally, I feel like 
if Casey can figure out their offense, they should be good. But otherwise, the Flash are just on a roll. So mm-hmm. I can't really see them being stopped right now. Well, hasn't that been the argument all season long, though, Simon? If, if FC Kansas City can figure out their offense, they'll, yeah. they'll be on yeah. a roll. I mean, they've they've been struggling. And then randomly, they'll be like, oh, we're really good. And then, oh, we don't know how to play soccer. Oh, we're really good. And it's like, okay. It's like, well, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. I think Western New York Flash, in, in my opinion, regardless of the couple of players that they're missing, they're just a very sound team through and through right now, and um, they're definitely the team to beat. What about you, Simon? Yeah, they've they've snuck their way to the top, and uh, boy, it doesn't seem. I mean, not the tippy top, but up, you know, up in the yeah. top three there with the Spirit and the and the Thorns. But right, they're playing like the best league in the team right mm-hmm. now. The best, best team, the, the best league in, in the, the team. League. Huh? Wow. <laughs> Goodness. Let's move on. Sky Blue FC and the Washington Spirit. Coffee, please. Somebody have please coffee. Please, somebody get an intern on that. Holy crap. Um, what do you think about Sky Blue and what they've been doing recently, Bianca, and if they have what it takes to, to dethrone the Washington Spirit? Um, I was actually just looking at the standings earlier today, um, and they're actually they're in space, and I didn't even realize that. But, um, yeah, I feel like they have what it takes for sure to um, come in and get three points against Washington. Washington's very... They're at the top, and they've been there for a while, but sometimes their defense kind of just sleeps on, like, during the game, and mm-hmm. they don't pay attention to the holes. So it'll be an interesting one, but I'm probably going to go with Sky Blue. Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I think that there's going to be too many players. Anytime Crystal Dunn is not on the field for your team, you're a much weaker team, in my opinion. And I think Sky Blue is going to capitalize and make uh, the spirit pay, honestly. Sky Blue fell behind early to Boston Breakers this last weekend, and they came back and won that game 3-2. Proving that they can do that, yeah. Which even that scoreline wasn't as close as the, as the, as the game actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Sky Blue will beat a, as you said, Crystal Dunless Washington spirit. Yes, exactly. The spirit are done without Crystal <laughs> Dunn. Oh, that Moving was on. terrible. Uh, the one game this weekend that I so, so desperately wish I could go to, but we have a, a broadcasting obligation, Simon. The Chicago Red Stars hosting the Houston Dash. Uh, just an, a mere hour away from us, yet we cannot partake in, in the adventure. Maybe we'll just call in sick for the game on Saturday. Just like, <laughs> we can't. We can't. We're just going to go. Go down now. We won't. We won't do that. We love our jobs very much. But either way, though, uh, Chicago, uh, no Kristen Press, no Alyssa Nayer, Houston Dash, no Lydia Williams, no Morgan Bryan. Uh, who wins this game? This one's a really tough one. Um, I actually just wrote my preview for this game today, but um, they're both coming off wins after winless streaks, so it'll be very interesting to see how this one goes. But. Um, with Chicago, they looked very, very strong in their last game, the one against uh, or against the Pride. But um, so it'll be interesting. And the Dash, I they have the attacking, like they have everything in the attack to be able to win. But it's whether or not they can piece it together because there's just so many switches, who plays where, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I want so badly. I want to say Houston, but I feel like Chicago <laughs> just being at home. They're just going to be able to take it. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree yeah, with you. Yeah, you know, Houston is horrible on the road. Chicago tends to play well at home. But uh, there's no Kristen Press, though, and no, no Olympic goalkeeper. Right, but, but you're taking Lydia Williams out. So to me, that's a wash. So I'm, I'm going with Chicago in this one. Interesting. I'm going to call it draw <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> I, I could see a draw. I mean... Uh, with the, I don't really know much about Chicago's keeper without Alyssa, but I know uh, Bianca Henninger, who I've known for years since she's been on the dash at the start. She's 
very, like, despite her height, she's very good in goal and she's mm. very good at organizing her back line. So I guess it just depends on how pieces fall into place on Saturday. Now, what I will say is this is a battle of the two teams with the best uniforms in the league, by oh, the way. Yeah. I really do. I love, oh, the, I yeah, love the Houston no Dash and the Red Stars unis, man. They're, they're just, they're fantastic looking. <laughs> Who's the team that you hate? Um Whose uniform is it? It's very. It's not. It's not the team I hate. It's no, their, no, no. It's their the, it's, it, the Flash. Oh, have, that's right. Have one of those really gaudy, huge logo right on there. I think it even may be their third <laughs> kit or something. But well, it's, even FC Kansas City, they've got dominoes like right across the front. It's just yeah. like that but, isn't that cow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. All right, final game: Seattle and Orlando. Seattle playing host to the Pride, who still have Kate and Kyle. She said thanks, but no thanks to the Olympics, but she's still listed as an alternate in case somebody gets hurt. But um, I don't know. If, without Alex Morgan, without you know other quality players for Orlando, I think Seattle certainly has a better team with Jess Fishlock and Kim Little hanging around. Uh, I think Seattle takes this game, personally. What about you, Simon? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the positives about Am I right that England is not in the Olympics? To my knowledge. Right, right. Yeah, so Kim Little stays behind. Well, Kim Little doesn't play for England, though. She plays for Scotland, doesn't she, Bianca? Yeah, but they play the way they do it for Olympics is Team Great Britain. That's right. It's Great Britain. That's that's oh, what I that's think. not it, fair. Think, yeah. It's the Olympics. That's the, that's the difference between the Olympics. Great Britain would destroy everybody. <laughs> oh, my. Well, they, the men's team didn't. Well, that's England. They're just England. <laughs> no. No, they had players oh, from Wales. And oh, we're talking that's about the right. Olympics. That's right. Well, that's the U23s, though. That's totally different. <laughs> that's the men's. It's, it's a wash. The best thing about that was was Gareth Bale said, I'm sick. <laughs> yeah. And then he uh, played for his club team in just a week after that. I love it. <laughs> oh, Anyways, man. yeah, no. Um, so Kim Little isn't going because Great Britain didn't make the Olympics. There that's you that's go. a huge thing for Seattle. And, but yeah, does that think... still work, though, because of Brexit? How does that work? England's that, not that, a part that has of the nothing to do with okay. European Union. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there. I don't know. Bianca, did you make a prediction yet? I don't know if you did. Um, yeah. I'm going with Seattle. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you, Bianca, for taking some time with us here on the program. Where can people find you on social media and your wonderful writing as well? Well, um, I'm on Valley USA, the NWSL section, so you can always find me there. And on Twitter, I'm at Bianca Verar. That's Bianca, and then B E R A W R. A W R. Oh, <laughs> see, there you go. That's what threw us off last time when we tried to tag you. All right, well, Bianca, thank you so much for taking time. <laughs> Bianca is the NWSL editor over at Vavil USA. Check out her stuff and the rest of the fantastic writers over there at Vavil USA. Bianca, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Bianca. All right. We are going to run to a break, especially after that segment. When we come (laughs) back, two great back-to-back interviews, Michael Cox of Orlando City B, and then Femi Hollinger-Jansen as well. The New England Revolution will be here with us. Stay tuned. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Back here in another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFootsall.com. I am Baxter Colburn. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Moving on with our show, we get to head down to the USL now for a little bit of our interview now with a, a friend of the program um, from Orlando City B. We are speaking with forward Michael Cox. Michael, good afternoon and welcome to Two Up Front, sir. Good afternoon. How are we doing today, Michael? I'm doing good. 
Doing so. good, good. Glad to hear it, Michael. Well, I, I'm sure that the uh, the beaches of sunny Florida are much better than what we're dealing with here in Wisconsin right now. It's it's cloudy. It's a little cold even too. And uh, from uh, myself as being a Florida native, I certainly miss the uh, the white sandy beaches of uh, of beautiful Orlando. That's for sure. But uh, you guys over there with the uh, with the, the Orlando B side have been doing some very interesting things so far this year. And uh, tell us a little bit about what's been going on. You guys are uh, doing fairly well in the standings, but uh, certainly still a ways to go up the up the standings as you guys are 6-6-6 six, six, and six right now. But uh, how's everything been going so far, and what have you seen through the first 18 games of the season? Uh, well, it's good. You know, we're a new team. Uh, it was a bit of a rough start we had uh, starting out, but we, we've built some momentum leading out the last couple months, um, leading into the playoffs, which is good. Um, we're excited. Um, we're feeling confident, and we're, we feel confident about making a playoff push coming up here. Well, that, which is good to hear. I mean, I think that uh, anytime you can be in playoff contention, that certainly has to get the fans and you as the players uh, rather excited as well. How are you feeling? I know that you've been uh, called on a lot more recently to carry the load about not only on the scoring side of things, but just from a, a general leading perspective as well, too. How's the body? How's, how's everything feeling with you from uh, the demand that's been going on from you? Um, I feel good, you know. Uh, the doctors are doing everything they can to keep me uh, 100% healthy. I've had a few uh, minor injuries here and there, um, but I feel good. I'm confident, and I feel I feel good going into the playoffs, um, making the playoff push. Which is good. I mean, that's fantastic to hear that you are staying in uh, in top health, especially from somebody like yourself that uh, so far you've scored six goals so far here through for Orlando City B. Uh, you spent a couple of years with FC Edmonton as well. Take us through some of that time as well. We, uh, for those that don't know, uh, you are a Canadian soccer player as well. You're originally from Calgary as well, born back in 92. Um, talk about the transition, I guess, from playing up in Canada now to the beautiful beaches of Florida. It's got to be a little bit of a culture shock, I feel like, for you. Uh, well, not too much of a culture shock. Um, it, it was good. Uh, I came to FC Edmonton out of high school as a, a youngster, signing on my first professional contract at 17. Uh, we played in the North American Soccer League, so a lot of the games were actually over here in Florida. You have uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers there in Tampa Bay. Sure, so sure. I've been over here. Yes, I've been over here, and uh, it's, it's been good. You know, it's not too big of a transition, but... Um, I like it here in Florida. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> Florida can be a, a beautiful, beautiful place, that's for sure. Uh, when you talk about playing for a, a club like Orlando, for those that follow MLS, they know that Orlando City B is the uh, is the USL partner side to the three Lions, or to the, the Purple Lions, I guess, or the, the many different lines that they go by, I guess. But have there been any talks at all recently, Michael, if you having the opportunity to, to do some extra stuff with the first team at all, or is you're going to try to finish out the USL season first before you even think about maybe possibly jumping up and helping out uh, what Orlando City is trying to do right now? Um, I mean, there was a possibility of me uh, stepping up for the Open Cup games when the team was uh, available for them. Uh, but uh, no, not too much right now. Really, my focus is just the USL team and completing our, our season and achieving the goals that we have and whatever comes after that is, is just a bonus. When you talk about playing for the USL, I mean, you had the opportunity to play in the NASL too. Are the differences that big? I mean, I know if the the, the way that some folks that view the NASL, they say, hey, we are, we're just on the same level as what MLS is doing, but for someone like you that's had an opportunity to, to play in NASL for a couple of years and now go down to USL but also have MLS ties, 
is it all starting to blend together a little bit, or can you actually see the distinct differences between all the leagues? Um, it's, they're all really similar, um, just very minor differences, nothing, nothing major. Um, the level of soccer, uh, it's not too far off. They're all pretty close, so, and I think that's the biggest thing. Besides, um, the bigger things in other leagues like the MLS, they have bigger budgets and, and stuff like that, but as far as level of soccer, it's, it's pretty similar to me. Well, that's good to hear. Sometimes you don't, from us that are the talking heads, we're like, oh, it's 100% different, but actually getting the opportunity to, to speak with players, it's good to know that the, the differences, the lines might be a little bit closer together than some of us that uh, aren't actually there experiencing it on a daily basis can realize. Uh, we're talking with Michael Cox here of Orlando City B here on 2 Up Front. Uh, Michael, you uh, lead the you lead Orlando City B with six goals on the season. Uh, can you give us a little bit of insight about some of the other players on the squad this year that have really attributed to your, your scoring success, but also just um, the fact that your team has been able to, to start a step up and make a more of a surge for the playoffs now? Um, a real standout for me is the youngster, uh, Pierre De Silva. He's, uh, it's his first professional season, and he's done really well. He's uh, leading the team in assists, and um, he's been on the end. I've been on the end of a few of his assists, so. Um, and everyone else has, has been doing well, you know, with the help of everyone. You know, it's just not just one guy passing me the ball. Um, you know, it's, it's a team buildup, and we, we've been playing well as a team. So um, my whole team will have to give credit to. Well, that's fantastic to hear, though. It's yeah, nice yeah. to it's nice to see the uh, the young guys sometimes stepping up and uh, asserting themselves among the veterans and being like, "Hey, you know, I might be the new guy on the field, but uh, I still can contribute," which is which is definitely good. Uh, Orlando City, Michael, hasn't lost a game uh, in USL play back since June fifth. You've had a couple of draws in your recent matches, but as you look forward to uh, the next maybe three or four matches, is there one or two of those matches you have circled on your calendar saying, "Look, this game is a, a pivotal turning point for us going forward." Um, I believe our next game is we're, content, we're contending with uh, Wilmington for uh, the playoff spot. Um, so, I mean, all, all of the games are going to be important for us and we're going to go out and play our brand of football that we play and try and win every game that we can. When you say you play your brand of football, for those that maybe aren't the, uh, the followers of Orlando City from different areas of the country, what do you guys classify as your brand or what, what do you, Michael, classify as your brand of football? Uh, I mean, well, we like to move the ball, um, penetrate defenses, um, you know, with a fast, uh, nice style of uh, soccer. Um, if you see us play, um, we lately we've we've been showing that I think. Which is good. I mean, that's certainly that certainly makes for a a more entertaining brand. That's for sure. For uh, people like to go and see the you know the high scoring, fast action. Uh, soccer nowadays. I mean, some people even compare it to the indoor game a little bit too with uh, how quick the outdoor game is starting to kind of transition to. Michael, on a more uh, personal level from you, you are a Canadian uh, by trait, obviously, but um, is there any opportunities for you coming up to maybe have an opportunity to appear for the Canadian national team on, on any level, whether it's the senior team or the, the U23s mm-hmm. at all? Uh, yes, I was actually involved in the youth uh, program when I was when I was uh, 17. But um, other than that, I was supposed to be involved with the under-20s, but just a little bit of unfortunate. I was 
I got called into camp, but I got injured at the time. So, oh, okay. Um, other than that, from there, uh, no, not too much yet, really. Okay. So hopefully, looking forward to the future. I was going to say, is that a definite a goal for you moving forward? Then saying that you want to try to get work into the the player pool and be a little bit more of a consistent call up then for the national team. Uh, yes, for sure. It's always an honor to play for a country. I have actually the option to play for Canada or Jamaica. So oh. when that opportunity comes, or if it does come, uh, I'll be I'll be happy to accept it. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. That's good to hear that you're keeping your options open then. Uh, has Jamaica reached out to you at all about possibly bringing you in? Uh, no, no possible talks right now. Gotcha. Okay. Well, something to certainly keep an eye on then, uh, you know, for, for future dates. But uh, speaking of the future as well, though, too, I'm sure as much as fun as much fun as it is playing in the USL, you probably have a little bit higher dream at some point of playing first division somewhere, whether it's in MLS or in another country. But um, what, are, what are some of your future goals here that you have coming up for fans that, that love Michael Cox's goal-scoring ways? But are we going to see you in the first team of Orlando City, or are we going to see you at another MLS team? Or what are what are some of your goals that you want to try to accomplish here in the next couple of years as you move forward with your career? Uh, for me, the biggest thing for me is just to stay healthy. Um, I can't really say where I'm going to be. Um, I just want to play my best every game and Whatever opportunities come to me, I'll I'll be happy to take. And if it if it means moving up, then I'll be for sure I'll be happy to do that. But uh, I, I have no idea where I'll end up in the future. <laughs> well, let's uh let, let's play this game here for just a second, Michael. If you if you had the opportunity to play with one player anywhere in the world right now, if you say, hey, I'm going to be teammates for this guy for whatever it is, for it's one game or for a season. Who's the one guy somewhere in all of the soccer universe? I know that's quite a few names, but if you had to think about one, who's one guy that you just would love to play with? I'd probably say Cristiano Ronaldo, Ooh. my favorite player. You think he's going to pass you the ball, though, during the game? <laughs> Uh, probably not, but uh, I'll be happy watching him. <laughs> Absolutely, he's like, "Hey, I'll just learn from him for ninety minutes. That's no big, that's no problem at all." But uh, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, Michael, yeah. I appreciate you uh, you taking some time with me here on uh, on two up front today, sir. Um, good luck to you the rest of the way, of course, uh, for Orlando City B, and uh, hopefully we can have you on the program again in the future, sir. Yes, thanks for having me. Take care. You're very welcome, Michael. Michael Cox of Orlando City B in the USL side. Go and check him out if you're in the Orlando area. they got a big game against Wilmington and a couple other ones coming up too, soon as well. We're going to run to a break. When we come back, we've got more in store for you. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Stay with us. Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I am Baxter Colburn. Joining us on the line now is number 88 for the New England Revolution, Femi Hollinger-Jansen. Good afternoon, Femi, and welcome to Two Up Front, sir. How are we doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you taking some time with us on the program today. Uh, it's very interesting, Femi, looking at the story that you have and looking from you know what you've overcome to be where you are now uh, it's a, it's truly remarkable, honestly, and I know that uh, you know, you're a, a true testament of overcoming adversity, which I think is amazing. And I'm just I'm I'm curious, I guess. First of all, let's start more recently, and then we'll kind of we'll track back a little bit. But uh, you were you were drafted 51st overall 
and the MLS Super Draft mm-hmm. just a couple months ago. People, it, it's interesting too because the Super Draft works differently than a lot of other drafts do. And when you're drafted that late in the Super Draft, you're kind of viewed as a, a higher round, you know, maybe a risk pick. Like, yeah, we'll see if he makes the team, you know, something like that. And when you when your name was finally called, obviously, I'm sure there was some sort of you know exciting emotion, but you realized that you had an uphill battle to work through. But um, how did you overcome that uh, where you are now with the Revolution, a, a consistent substitution, and sometimes even starter, depending on what's going on in the games? Um, well, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, being drafted, you know, that late in the uh, in the draft, um, definitely, you know, it was, um, I knew there was going to be a challenge ahead of me. You know, I still, I knew I still had to, you know, improve myself during preseason. Um, and, and when you're still in the preseason, you know, I told myself, you know, go out there, play your game, you know, work as hard as you can, and, you know, what happens, happens. And, um, luckily, you know, the hard work that I put in during preseason, um, you know, it's paid off. And, um, you know, throughout the season here, I've been able to, you know, continue working hard and, you know, doing what, what I do best, um, playing my game. And it's got me minutes. And, you know, I just, you know, hope to continue to, you know, keep, keep progressing as a, uh, as a player and, you know, keep learning, you know, more about the game, um, and just keep doing well. Your first goal came back uh, against Chicago in a 2-0 victory. You were only on the field for a total of 18 minutes, and you did, that's all you needed to score to score a goal on one shot, shot it, you know, and, and it was in. As soon as that happened, as soon as you realized that you had made your mark in MLS history and even Revolution history too, what was going through your mind at that point? I mean, scoring a goal and a, as a substitution, I'm sure, is a you know is obviously a very exciting and exhilarating thing, but your very first mm-hmm. professional goal, what was going through your head at that time? Um, you know, I was just, I was, I was very excited at that, uh, at that time. Um, you know, I told myself before I went in, uh, you know, if I have an opportunity, I mean, take it. And, um, I'm, I'm happy I, you know, was there for that header that came across the box. Um, but, you know, I just, I was just, you know, filled with excitement and, um, it, it was really a dream come true. You know, I've always dreamed about scoring a uh, professional goal and for it to actually come, uh, come true. It was just an you know, amazing feeling. Absolutely. I can definitely understand that. I mean, just two games later, too, you decided to score one more time and only needed 13 minutes to score in that one. So you decided, hey, I'll double down. I mean, one shot, one goal in the other game, one shot, another goal as well. Uh, it's just it's amazing to see, Femi, because you, you had you know a very nice career as well when you played at Indiana University. Uh, you were a first-team All-Big Ten, and you had you know, a Big Ten sportsmanship honoree, and just, you know, the list kind of goes on and on. But what people that don't know you and they, they look at just, you know, what you look like on paper, which is, you know, a very talented young up and coming forward. They don't know the backstory though. They don't know how you were able to overcome what you had as a child to where you are now. Can you give us a little bit of insight about some of those personal struggles and things that you had to get over to be where you are now? Um, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, I was, I was born and born in West Africa. Um, and I was adopted. I was actually, um, had a deformed leg at the time. Um, Doctor said I'd never walk again. Um, you know, but just with you know my family's prayers and others' prayers, I uh, was able to you know heal from that from the uh, deformity of my my leg. Um, but then you know just coming to the United States, um, just you know a lot of a lot of things were thrown at me being such a young kid. Um, you know, just a new school, having to make new friends. Um, and you know, fortunately enough, I was I was a very I was a pretty outgoing kid and was able to make uh, friends. And then you know, just with soccer. Um, that also allowed me to, you know, be able to relate to others and make, make friends and connect to them that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, throughout my life, you know, but obviously ups and downs, um, with, uh, with, with soccer. Um, I mean, I played for a very small high school, pretty small club team. Um, and you know, it's every game, every, every time in those, um, you know, sessions, I, I 
I told myself, you know, just work as hard as I can. I always wanted to go to Indiana, uh, which is my big dream school to go to. Um, mm-hmm. But just playing for a small club in high school, I knew I wasn't going to get recognized um, very well. Um, and finally going into my senior year, um, my parents signed me up for the IU camp. And, um, you know, going into that camp, my high school coach, my dad, um, you know, others just told me, you know, let's go, go to that camp, see what happens, you know. I, I had no idea, you know, I was going to play at the Division One level um, with, you know, I you just, you know, I mean, yeah. And um, so I went to the camp, you know, just put in the hard work and, um, you know, stuck to my game. And I was able to get me, you know, a uh, look from the IU coach and, you know, eventually then ending up at IU. It's absolutely incredible, too, honestly. I mean, from those that, like I said, that haven't had the opportunity to learn a lot about your, your past, and when I was, you know, looking at this interview and getting ready to to talk with you today, too, like reading all the different information that's available about, you know, what you had to overcome, I just think it's truly remarkable and a true testament, too, of, you know, having faith and not giving up. And, you know, as a lot of people say, too, I mean, with God, when God's on your side, you can do just about anything and pretty much anything, and mm-hmm. that's a, a true testament exactly. to it right there. So. Um, you know, from me to you, congratulations, honestly, from what you've been able to accomplish so far in your career. So, um, looking you. at you're very, yeah, you're welcome. Um, looking at what you do right now for the Revolution, it's no secret that the Revolution play in an Eastern Conference that is pretty much it depends on who's hot and cold that day because you know the Eastern Conference out of any other conference in MLS is. A very interesting and unique conference um, right now. You, the Revolution, are technically in the playoffs if they were to start today, but everybody was within a point or two of themselves right now. Can you explain a little bit about what's going on with New England right now? They're five, seven, and seven. They, you guys have won four games at home so far, but you know you've also had a couple draws come here and there. But the biggest thing I feel like that's plagued the Revolution all season long is your inability to win on the road this year. Um, you know, can mm-hmm. you give us a little bit more insight about what's been going on and uh, what you guys are looking to do now heading forward uh, with the All-Star break coming up around the corner? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, um, the first, you know, half of the season obviously wasn't, um, didn't go the way we wanted it to. Um, you know, we had a couple of tough games where we were ahead and then the other team ended up tying at the end and then or even us uh, losing. Um, but um, going forward here, I mean, you know, we had a great game against Columbus and, and that was probably one of our best games we've played. Um, we, we were a very good team front to back. And when we were able to, you know, connect as a group and play, you know, for one another and um, play, play hard out there is when we were at our best game. And I think when we were earlier in the season, we we're just, we're not doing that. Um, but, you know, those games that we have won, you can see that where we are connecting as a team, where we are, you know, working for one another. And um, I mean, it, it definitely shows um, with the, you know, the, the wins we have gotten. Um, so, yeah, definitely going forward, you know, we need to keep that, you know, mentality to be working for one another, to, you know, stay positive on the field with one another. Um, and that will, you know, truly allow us to play, you know, our best soccer to be more relaxed out there and, you know, to, um, you know, come out with more, you know, win results here in the next um, couple of months. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that one as well. Talking with Femi Hollinger-Jansen here on Two Up Front. Uh, three out of your next five games, Femi, are on the road. You guys are going to be at Real Salt Lake, at Orlando, and at Toronto and then you'll have home games against Chicago and TFC. So definitely an opportunity to get a crack at some Eastern Conference foes and jump up the totem pole a little bit there in the Eastern Conference. How important is it for the Revolution right now that Kai Kamara has finally started to score some goals for you guys and kind of start living up to that hype that was you know, surrounding him when he did finally get traded over to the Revolution from Columbus? Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, adding Kai Kamara you know, to, our, to our roster was, you know, he was a great addition to the team. 
you know, he does so much for our team. Um, you know, he, you know, he, he draws, you know, defenders towards him, you know, creating space for other players. And then, you know, he can also put the ball in the back of the net. He's done a great job on um, basketball games of doing, you know, both those things um, with assisting goals. Um, but, you know, just going forward here, you know, we need to keep that, you know, mentality of, of the, the win mentality and that we need to, you know, be cohesive as a team and, you know, work for one another. Um, and it was going to be big for us being, with the Eastern, Eastern Conference being so tight, you know, two wins on the road will be very, very, very significant um, going forward. And then, you know, with the home games as well coming up, you know, we need to only have wins at home. You know, we can't afford to be losing home games. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, such a great families we have um, supporting us. You know, we need to win games for them. Absolutely. From a from a fan or from a player perspective, out of fan perspective, from a player perspective, does it feel like half the season is already over and you you know you're coming into this final stretch already? I mean, I feel like it was just yesterday that opening day was, and all of a sudden we blink and it's like, oh, we're pretty much halfway done with the season now. From a from a player perspective, does it feel like that too? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it feels like you know the season just started like last week. Um, it's been it's flies by, honestly. Um, you know, things fly by when you're having fun, so. Um, <laughs> that's that's definitely true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can I can understand that too. A um, couple other things here, Femi, before we let you go. What's the biggest thing for you as you move forward now with the remainder of the second half of the season? Um, you're on a roster, as many folks know that follow the Revolution. You guys are very stacked offensively, and the fact that you're even the fact that you have been able to get uh, a more consistent substitution role has been surprising to some people. But you've been fortunate—well, fortunate—I say in quotes because some people have been injured and different players have been hot and cold at times too. But as as you as a player look forward to the remainder of the season, the playoffs are within the grasp right now of the Revolution. What do you need to do the most to, uh, you know, obviously assert yourself as a consistent player for Jay Heaps, but also just to help the rev- Revolution go as far as they possibly can the rest of the way? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely could not be getting um, complacent with myself. You know, I always have to be hungry. Um, always need to be, you know, ready to work hard, you know, every practice, um, in every game, and then especially off the field, maybe, um, you know, taking care of my body, eating the right things, getting up, you know, my, my, my own sleep. Um and you know, just making sure I do the little things correctly, and I just, just going forward to the next um, to the end of the season, um, I think I just need to keep you know keep keep hungry, and that hard work ethic needs to continue to happen. And um, I need to you know continue to progress and learn learn from the game, uh, game by game. And I think that will be um, that will definitely pay off in the end um, as I look back on the season when the season is over. Um, but definitely need to stay hungry as the season continues here. Do you have any long-term goals that you're working towards, not only like from the club level, but from a national team level as well, too? I mean, what are what are some of those things that you have, like on your your you know? They always say, "What's your where do you see yourself in five years?" But where do you is yourself in a player career? What are your what are you striving towards in the future that fans can get excited for? Yeah, so I mean, I definitely I definitely do want to play um for the U.S. national team at some point. Um, you know, that's that's the goal I have for myself, or even you know the Beninese national team. Um, would be also a, a good experience and, and a goal that I have. Um, but you know, right right now at this moment in time, I'm just you know really living in the moment and you know enjoying enjoying my you know first rookie season. Um, but yeah, definitely down the road, I'm looking looking to play for one of those national teams. Well, fantastic. Well, Femi, we appreciate you taking time with us here on Two Up Front today. Uh, very best of luck to you uh, down the stretch here as well. And uh, if it works out, we'd love to have you on the program again in the future, sir. 
Thank you. You're very welcome. Femi Hollinger Jansen of the New England Revolution, number 88. You can check out the Revs all over the places. They're going to be here, there, and everywhere playing in MLS action, fighting for a top spot in the East. We are going to run to a break. When we come back, we've got more exciting action in store for you. Stay with us. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Welcome back inside the studio. Another edition of Two Up Front. Moving on, I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Let's move on into some MLS talk, wouldn't Let's you say? Let's had, do it. We had yes. some great uh, Orlando City B and New England Revolution talk, and now we get to uh, go a little bit more league-wide with, uh, with what's going on, some predictions. And uh, looking at what's coming up here in MLS. So let's uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, real fast, though, let's update uh, NYCFC and Philadelphia 1-2 and two in the Eastern Conference. And FC Dallas and Colorado 1-2 and two in the West right now. Not exactly who I thought would be 1-2 and two in the East, that's for sure, at this point in the season. At the almost right. the All-Star break. But... It's MLS. It is MLS. Anything can happen. Especially with transfer season coming up, and we know how that goes. That exactly. Can, that can <laughs> mess can with all. shake you or break you. Yeah. It absolutely can. All right, well, let's start with RSL and San Jose. Those games are on Saturday, uh, also followed by Portland and L.A., both on Saturday as well. Uh, a lot of Sunday games this week, so if you're by a TV or you got MLS Live, a lot of opportunities for you to, to check out your favorite team playing, but start, yeah. let's start with Saturday. Yeah, well, actually, it's a quick correction, Baxter. RSL takes on San Jose on Friday, July 22nd. How interesting. Yeah, let's see what... According to whoscored.com, they play on Saturday, July 23rd. This is awkward. I'm going to go with the, the leagues. I'm going to assume. <laughs> so I'm going to close out of yes. this tab, because they have lost my respect, <laughs> and I'm going to go to the official. Oh, look at that. They play Friday night. It's a Christmas miracle, and everybody, and everybody plays Saturday, and there's two games on Sunday. What the there heck? you go. So we're going to edit, uh, whatever, who cares? Whatever. Anyway, RSL playing San Jose Friday night. Yeah, this is a tough one, Baxter. Um, so we're kind of doing the, we're doing the predictions, yeah, predictions thing, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So, you know, RSL, um, five-game winless streak right now, mm. but they're playing <laughs> New England, who... San Jose. Else, or, sorry, San Jose. Hey, so, hey, hey. hey. Keep it together. We're bad, but not that bad. With the newly uh, named uh, Chris Wondolowski as their all-star, of course. Of course, of course. Yeah, this is tough. And David You Bingham. know, Quakes snapped a seven-game winless streak, beating Toronto FC 2-1. I'm, I think Do you know how p- they did that, though, Simon? I don't know. They were with nine players. With nine players, nine players. So I, so I have to admit to everybody, Baxter. I was it was my last day. Yes. on the West Coast, uh, my last week. Obviously, I didn't get a chance to watch much because things were really intense. Sure, there. sure. Um, so this is. Tell me about this. <sighs> so I, <laughs> well, I was able to actually watch the last. I was laying in bed and I was like, I'm wide awake, and I'm like, let's see if there's MLS on. So I flipped my phone on for real fast, MLS live, and I'm like, oh look, San Jose and TFC are playing. Okay, it's the only game that's still going on. It was like 20 minutes to go, and it was still 1-1, and they're like, uh, San Jose playing with 10 men. And I was like, oh, or with playing with nine men. I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe TFC will sneak a game away. And lo and behold, a counterattack breaks out down the far side of the field. Simon Dawkins takes on about four different TFC players on the far left wing, cuts it back inside, shoots a ball, what you think would be an easy save at Alex, I believe it's Alex Bono as the TFC goalkeeper, right at, you know, hand level, and the and he, he just literally misjudges it, and it flies right past him. Wow. He's literally standing there. It wasn't a hard shot. It wasn't, like, a crazy shot. Like, it was a fairly 
normal warm up shot. You would just, you know, not sure. too hard, but it was like sure. it was just to the left or just to the left of you know of the goalkeeper, and he moved, but he like moved too late. Like his reaction time like stopped for a second, and like when he finally moved, the ball was already too far, and he like couldn't get his hand out in time to like just literally all I had to do was just bat it away. Wow! And it went in. That reminds me of the Drogba goal that he scored against L.A. Basically, where Roe was just kind well, of standing well, there. Well, Roe, I think uh-huh. like. At least he, got hands he on it. He did get a hand yeah, on it. But yep. to my knowledge, the goalkeeper for TFC didn't even touch the ball. Wow. But it, it was it's one of the things where you have to watch it on video and you're just like, but 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 <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. So San Jose somehow then parked the proverbial bus and they won two one with nine players. It was amazing. Wow. But I was like I wish I had seen I was that. like classic TFC. Classic. Yes. You can't beat yeah. a nine man San Jose <laughs> team that is absolute garbage. Well, this is I, I think I do I kinda wanna take RSL, but I'm gonna have to take a draw on this one, Baxter. Are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, especially for me too in this one. I'd like to say that RSL is the better team, however I'm gonna draw as well. I, I feel right. like this is the first all time right. we both drawn on something. Portland and LA. Uh LA they continue, as we all know, to quietly do their thing. That's just what they do. They I don't I don't think it's so quiet anymore, to be honest with you. Well, they're in third place. It would be not as quiet if they were in first, I feel like. Yeah, but you know, thirty two goals for on the season, eighteen against, so a very respectable four plus fourteen goal differential. Best goal differential in MLS right now. Right. And you've got uh you know, amazingly that I do know this, that Robbie Keane missed his uh a PK last week. How do I know that? Because I had them on my fantasy ah, team. Yes. Uh, the LA <laughs> Galaxy, they've only lost one game out of their last six. They've drawn two, won three. Portland hasn't lost their last six. Yeah, so. Portland's been playing well. I mean, they're, they're starting to get things together. They're finally above that red line. Yeah. Uh, so the reigning MLS Cup champs. I'm going to take Portland on this Are one. You? They, I... they, they did have that granted it's Seattle, but a great 3-1 win against the rival of at course. home. I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take with some risk. I'm gonna take Portland. Okay, I'm gonna go opposite. I'm gonna take LA. Um, I think that with the fact of you know as well as the team continues to play right now, they they seem to have figured this out, and uh, I think they're gonna be able to slow down Diego Valeri, uh, and they're going to be able to put a game away. It's gonna be a very closely contested game. I don't think it's gonna be a very high scoring game, despite all the offense for both teams. I think it's going to be maybe a one nil or a two one at the most. I feel like right. Yeah, it's well. If Galaxy is on that horse that they can get on, yes. they they could destroy this Portland team. But Portland's playing playing some decent defense with and, their new and, official number one goalkeeper, Jake Gleason. Now that Kawasaki has been gone, that's right. He's been shipped, pieced out. That's right. We forgot about that in the first segment. How do you feel about that? I'm curious. I've been wondering. I've been waiting to ask you. You know what? It's it's a classic case of somebody taking advantage of their opportunity. Mm. I mean, and actually doing something with and it. And doing right, right, exactly. I mean, Gleason has been playing lights out. Now, at the same time, he has been playing that much better than Quarcy was. Sure. I mean, they were winning with Quarcy. Yeah, of course. I'm well, actually, I take that back. They were drawing a lot with Quarcy. They weren't losing, um, though. But they weren't losing. Uh, yeah, they won an MLS championship with Corsi. So yeah. hey, you've got two very good keepers on your team. If Agreed. anything, you want to make sh- you know it's almost as a favor that you say, "All right, you know what? We're not going to play you. You're 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 too quality to be sitting on the bench." Yep, exactly. So so let's get you out of here where you can go play. Yeah. So with that being said, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Jake Leeson now fully thrust into it. Uh, I'm curious to know what he's capable of doing and uh, somebody to keep an eye on, Simon. Wouldn't you say? 
Absolutely. Somebody so you're that, taking you're taking L.A. I'm taking yes. Yep. I have, I have uh, L.A. You have Portland. Uh, TFC and D.C. United. Toronto hosting. Very much still licking their wounds after that. Still no Michael Bradley and Josie Altador did not take part in that game. Um, that last this last weekend, uh, Giovinco did take a part in that. But uh, T- TFC and DC United, what do you think, Simon? This is a tough one because we're seeing DC start to make some good moves. Um, and I don't have the stats here, Baxter, but I but I almost you know just looking thinking about TFC's home games. I gotta believe they don't have the best record at home. I don't know if you've got that pulled um, up there. They are three one and three at home. They've only lost once at home this okay, year. Okay, okay, but three draws. I mean, you know they're they're not. They're not blowing people away. Right, all. right. So this is actually a tough one for me, but I think I'm still going to take TFC. Hamilton has actually been playing very mm-hmm. well up top for them as a forward position um, at the point where even if Altidore is healthy, do you really put him in over Hamilton? Well, He's Altidore got, is just... I mean, Hamilton has two goals in the last two games. Yeah. He's getting plenty of assists in there as well. He's he's playing fantastic. So. I agree. Something to keep yeah. an eye on. TFC. Something to keep I'm going with TFC. You're going with TFC. One. I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna go for the uh, the transfer kings right now. DC United. All right. uh, I'm curious to see what they can do. Honestly, Montreal and Philadelphia. Uh, a very fun and entertaining battle in the Eastern Conference. Uh, last week, all four of the top four teams in uh, the Eastern Conference played each other, and it, all four will be playing again this week as well. Right. And, and obviously, different teams, of course. NYCFC they play the Red Bulls. Philly takes on Montreal. Uh, based off of who wins, if TFC manages to get a victory over DC, they could jump into fourth place over Montreal. Uh, New England could also do the same as well, but we'll get to that in a moment. Montreal and Philadelphia. Um, Philadelphia 7-1-3 and at home this year, but they go on the road now, and their road uh, record is 1-5-3 and on is the converse right? side of that. Well, Montreal is 4-2-3 and at home. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Montreal has is, is, is always played well at home. Um, you know, it was Sapong finally got on the scoreboard last week. Granted, it was a, a penalty kick in the 67th minute. It's, it's right. It counts. Um, hmm. I'm going to have you pick the first here back, so let me think about this one a little longer. I'm going to take the home team. I'm going to take Montreal. Yeah. Um, based off of what they're doing right now, I think that they are slightly better, and I think it's time for this will be... This isn't the upset of the week, obviously, because they're a very good team, and so is Philadelphia, of course, but uh, Philadelphia, for some reason, has not had the same spark recently. They've they've won three out of their last, but they've also last they've also lost three out of their last six as right. well. Well, and here's a, here's an interesting one too, Bax. So the Impact had won the first four meetings between the teams at Stade Saputo before last year's Union win. So the Union only have one win in Montreal, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what I was looking for there. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go with Montreal as and well. And then of course Ma- Ignacio Piatti, eleven goals. <sighs> why he's on my fantasy team, folks. We'll keep an eye on that one. We both have Montreal, Columbus, and Orlando. The new, the first time Jason Christ gets to debut against a horrible Columbus crew team. <laughs> but Ola Kamara, couldn't though. Have, couldn't have said it better. Ola Kamara, though. You imagine if he was on a better team, how many goals would he have already? Well, I think the reason he has nine goals since he's come into MLS is because he's the focus. Well, if he wasn't the focus, how good would he be? Well, it... I guess that that would be up for debate. Uh, I see it as you get him in there with somebody like a Michael Bradley, mm. who can feed him even more Lay balls. So you've got Ethan yeah. Finley and Will Trapp and Tony Chani. All-star Will Trapp. <laughs> Quality. Ethan Finley, a U.S. men's national team player. 
occasionally. <laughs> I'm going to call a minor upset and go with Orlando on this. Oh, interesting. You think they're going to rally I behind think, yep, Exactly. Yep. Uh, I'm going to call a draw. Okay. I think it's going to be good, but not that good. The Revs hosting Chicago. Uh, traditionally, at least for me, I call this a rivalry game. It depends on who you ask, I guess, between both sides if they consider it a rivalry game just because of the, the history between the two teams. The Revs, they beat Chicago 2-0 uh, back on May 14th uh, at New England. New England, though, they've been a bit of an interesting team the last six games. They've won two out of their last six. They've lost three in a row. They drew their last game, of course, while Chicago, they've gotten two wins out of their last six, but four losses as well. Nobody's really standing out for me in either team. Lee Wynn's got five goals for the Revs, but for, for Chicago, Kennedy Iguananike, four goals. David Akam, four Eh, neither team really blows me off the page right now. Same with me, Baxter. I'll tell you what, too. I mean, the, the interesting thing, the Fire have not won in seven road games. So this will be their eighth road game hmm. that they possibly could lose. Um, I'm going to call a draw on this one, though. Oh. My, my, my head says New England, but my gut says draw. Interesting. So I'm going to go with my gut on this one. Well, um... See, this is always the hard part for me. I'm going to take the Revs. I really, I think at home, New That's England. That's a good pick. It's it's the sensible pick. I'm being nonsensical here. Well, which usually works but, better for you than <laughs> I, than it true. does for me. That's what my wife says too. <laughs> oh wait, no, she says the opposite. Oh, she's like, no, I'm the smart one. I don't know. All right, uh, Colorado and FC Dallas, arguably the the second of the two games of the week. Maybe even more better than the New York Derby, which we'll get to in a moment. You said more better. I yes. Love it. I, was I, love it. I was homeschooled. <laughs> what do you want from me, Simon? <laughs> Colorado hosting FC Dallas. Tim Howard getting his first real crack at facing a real opponent yes. since being an MLS. Yes. FC Dallas will win this game. You're going with FC Dallas. I, I am. I, I, it's, it's Colorado. I've got to pick a draw. Hmm. Interesting. They're at, they're at home. Um they're, they are becoming the team of draws. Granted, they won their last game. I get that. Uh, but <clears throat> just even out of their last six, they've won two out of four. The other four have been draws. Yeah. Uh, FC Dallas, they do one or the other. They play incredibly well or incredibly bad. How'd they lose 5 nil to Seattle? That was just stupid. Well, they were playing their B team, essentially. They really that, that's were. How, that's yeah, how. Yeah, I know. Seattle was like, we're good. And right. people were like, chill. <laughs> Stop. I mean, you know, FC Dallas has so much firepower. That's the thing. Arudi, Castillo, Diaz. Barrios. Uh, Akindale. Yeah, yeah. Akindale, thank you. Walker uh, Zimmerman, our boy. But then you look at the Rapids' defense, the shape that they keep, the you know how compact they are on the back there. Uh, they're not too exciting up front. That's the one, th- the, the one big knock against them. But they know how to keep teams at base. So yeah. I'm, I'm taking a draw on this one, Baxter. Okay, interesting. Um, we'll have to oh, see. S- speaking of uh, somebody who could have made the MLS roster is uh, Sorberg, or however you say it. The, the defender, Sorberg, yeah, yeah, the defender, the Swede for uh, Colorado. Well, it's actually Swede. a shame. The Swede. Yeah, 25 years old. I mean, for him to Jermaine be in Jones this league. Jones made the All-Star roster. <laughs> but... but you know, Ridiculous. I always talk about there's there's certain players the league really should be yes. putting their marketing around. He's one of those young players, 25 mm-hmm. years old. You don't hear about him, and you should. He's a fantastic He's player. He's an awesome Undervalued. name. Undervalued. Yeah. Axel. <laughs> right. That's awesome. I love that. So he, that there's there's another snub that could have been uh, one of the defenders. I agree. Vancouver visiting Houston. Vancouver now with Fabian Espindola, Blas Perez, Kikutamane, who did not also make it on the All-Star uh, team. He's injured, though. I think you're right. I think he, I think he just I, had surgery. Now that I surgery. say that, I think you're right. Yeah, I believe I saw it on Twitter that he just had surgery. Either way, Pedro Morales, yeah. Christian Bolaños, yeah. you could go on and on, Octavio Rivera. Well, he's 
He's no longer there, I believe. Nicholas. Either way, Jordan Harvey, Kendall Waston, Christian Teixeira, a very, very good Vancouver team. Got even better with Fabian Espindola. Yeah, but we've been saying them saying about we've been saying that about them all year, and they lay egg after egg after egg. They're still in fifth place in the West, though. Yeah, they've maybe. got a very hard fought twenty. Should we call points. this my upset if I'm taking Houston? You of course can say that. All right. That would definitely be an upset in my book. I'm taking Houston. Okay, um, I have Vancouver. I really do. I think that uh, Vancouver is the better team, and I think that they will prevail. Uh, the New York Derby. <laughs> That was very insightful. Thank you. <laughs> I studied all week to say that. <laughs> um, Sometimes I'm gonna, I run out of words, okay? Let's not <laughs> hey, make this a bigger I, deal. I shouldn't be laughing at you because I do that all the time. It's uh, like that's They're just the better team, man. They're going to win. Go. So they're the better team. Uh, I think they're going to win. Yeah. Baxter Colburn. Vancouver has better <laughs> players, more superior firepower, and they are capable of beating a very depleted Houston Dynamo team. There you go. There, you there go. is some insight for you. Are they you. depleted Houston? I don't think they're depleted. They're playing Will depleted. Bruin. They're Will playing Bruin. depleted. The dancing bear is not dancing. Giles Barnes is busy making commercials and not actually focusing on his career. Okay. And DeMarcus Beasley still hurt. Oh. There's that. See what happens when I go away. Well, I already made my pick. I can't change it now. You Red Bulls. <laughs> you already made your pick? How did you make your pick? I said Houston. Oh. Oh, I thought you were saying Red Bulls. No, like, we didn't even I'm, talk I'm about just, the game. I'm moving on now. Okay. Going, going to the Red Bulls hosting NYCFC. Yeah. The Derby. Each team has one, so it's a rivalry. It's still not a rivalry. NYCFC actually has to put up more resistance. If NYCFC wins this game very de- demandingly, I will say that uh, now you have your rivalry. But sure. if the Red Bulls still win, I'd be like, it's not a rivalry. Even if they draw, I'd be like, it's not a rivalry. Still not yet, in my opinion. Listen, I, one thing I've been wrong about... No, I haven't been wrong about. I still don't think his heart's really into it. His Lampard has 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 changed the look he at has. one I see FC. But it makes you wonder if, had he had that heart from the beginning, how good of a club could this have been? Well, we're seeing what they can be now. Though. Right. Would right. Jason Christ still have a job? Mm. 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 It is interesting, isn't it, that... Vieri comes aboard, and all of a sudden Lampard decides, hey, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to start gonna playing play. now. Yeah. I've got, I'm scoring five goals now. And uh, how about Jack Harrison, though? Jack that's Harrison, the, that that's is the, the story. story. Yes. That's the story right now. And rumors are saying that he'll go back to Manchester City, you yep. know, potentially. I mean, which at this point, sure. If you have that opportunity to go play, why not? At the same time, that would, that would make them look so disingenuous because they said from the start, this is not a development squad for our team in Manchester. When they, as soon as they drafted a Brit, <laughs> or as soon as they <laughs> traded for a Brit, yes. brought him to the sister team, basically, you knew from the moment, they, as soon as they got him, they're like, how can we get him in mm-hmm. a city jersey, mm-hmm. a man city jersey? But Devin Villa, though, obviously the man stealing the show. 13 goals. 13 goals on the season. Incredible. But BWP, though, nine goals. Mike Grella, six. Sasha Kleshton, four. Yeah, Kleshton, four goals, but he had two in the last game. He did. He How did. How about that? So, what do you... I do still... You, do you pick a draw? I, I, no, I still... I'm going to take the Red Bulls in this. Interesting. Okay. For argument's sake, I'm going to take NYCFC right. because they've been on a bit of a streak, and I think that they are tired of losing to their, their bigger brother. And I think they are going to come with a vengeance in this game. It's across, it's across the river this time. It's in Red Bull Arena. Yes. 
And I'd like to say, so they're going to have all their fans. Actually, this is the one game that does sell out. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. Uh, at Red Bull Arena. And and it does actually feel like a Derby atmosphere. I feel like in Yankee Stadium. No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. But but definitely you can't in, have a Derby Red Bull any Arena. feel in a baseball stadium. And then finally, the last game of what the week. What if it's a home run? Derby. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Sporting Kansas City in Seattle. Never thought about that, but that's terrible. <laughs> I honestly don't care about this game. I really don't. Of course don't. you don't. Because these teams are both terrible. <laughs> They're bad. They're really bad. They are. Sporting's going to find a way to lose this game, though. Oh, you think so? I I'm think so. I'm taking Sporting. Wait, yeah, I'm going to take Sporting on this one. Okay. Sporting Kansas City. I can yeah. live with that. Don Dwyer might actually get another goal. I actually, hope he does. You know, he's got eight goals on the season, but I feel like they came They've in been so bad, what, though. first. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. I don't know. All right, Simon, let's go to a break. When we come back, let's do some power rankings. Let's I believe, and let's close things out. All right? All right, fine. All right. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Hang with us. Two Up Front is the American soccer show on the Sports Podcasting Network. Join Baxter Colburn and Simon Proven on Fridays at 11.30 a.m. Central as they cover all things American soccer with weekly guests from the pro, college, and youth ranks and digging deep into the American professional leagues. Two Up Front gives you the insight you're looking for. Airing at 11.30 a.m. Central on SportsPodcastingNetwork.com, it's Two Up Front, the world's game from an American perspective. Welcome back inside the studio. Two up front, closing things down for the final time here on the show. I am Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. As we finish up the show, I believe it's time for some power rankings. It is. All right. One of these days we get to say power rankings brought to you by... So if you're interested in sponsoring us, mm-hmm. and we know we've been teasing you for some time now about a potential sponsor that we have lined up. It's getting closer and closer. Details almost all figured out, so Hopefully. we'll have the announcement. But if you are a, a soccer fanatic of a company mm. or a soccer pub or you have something to do with, I don't know, you don't even have athletic to stuff. Do with soccer. Or yeah, whatever. You could just have a bunch of money burning a hole in your there pocket. There you go. There you, you go. Know, I think this would do service to somebody else. Yeah, so anyways, reach out to us to upfrontsoccer at gmail.com is a mm. great way to get a hold of us. Otherwise, yeah. go to our website to upfrontsoccer.com. Yes, indeed. And get some info there. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, do we want music while we power rank? That'd be kind of fun, sure. We could do something. I'm here. doing this on the fly, folks. Baxter's cat is next to me. It's a very fun time here in the VLC studios. <laughs> Baxter's hooking up music. I love it. All right, uh, number five. We both have the same team at number five, Simon. Yeah, they, they very possibly could be higher, but this is the first time they're in our rankings in quite a while, so we put them at five. LA Galaxy. Yeah, works for me. No argument there. They've been playing well, and uh, hopefully they'll stay there as well and maybe work their way up. Uh, my number four is the Portland Timbers, playing very well, not losing a lot. But there's just a couple teams, in my opinion, that are just a little bit better than them right now. Yeah, my team is the, uh, my number four team is NYCFC, who we were talking Baxter off air. A lot of these teams could really make the argument to be number one. Agreed. Uh, looking at New York City FC, they did lose that game 3-1 to Sporting Kansas City on yeah. the 10th. They did come back and beat Montreal 3-1, but uh, looking to see how things go in these next few games before I put them a little higher. Mm, I'd agree with you. Okay, NYCFC, they are my number three, and uh, for all the aforementioned reasons that you just uh, you just said as well, Simon, a very good team. They're playing at a high level. They've got an all-star in David Villa and Andrea Pirlo. Yeah. Baxter, we'll for the uh, first time since week 11, 
We have both changed our number one team, put the same number one team Incredible. in there. So that means Colorado has fallen in both of our power rankings. They fell to number three for me. Uh, they fell fell down just one spot to number two for me. Yeah, the reason for me is draws a decent draw against the Galaxy, but that was back on June 22nd when the Galaxy weren't, you know, fantastically hot. Tied Portland 0-0. Drew with Vancouver 2-2. Repeated theme here. Draw after draw after yeah. draw. Then they finally did get a win again, though, against Sporting Kansas City. So I have them at number three. You already mentioned your number three, NYCFC. Yep. Mentioned but your number two, Colorado. Anything I did. you want to I was add to say, that? The only thing I'm going to add is that they're unbeaten in 14. That's, they are. That's Can't worthy argue with of that. a number two spot, in my opinion. For me, I've got Portland as my number two. And I promise you that is not... Homerism, and I'm not talking about the Odyssey or the Simpsons. <laughs> or baseball. <laughs> or baseball. That was good. That was good. Thank you. Uh, Portland as well, though. You know, they were having some troubles at the beginning. I actually give them a little, little more credit for figuring things out. Haven't lost since May 15th. Four wins in this uh, eight-game, nine-game unbeaten, nine-game unbeaten streak. And Baxter... Not only did they win their last game, they beat Seattle 3-1. to Seattle that good of a team? No, but it's Cascadia. All that kind of stuff goes out the window. Portland Agreed. with a huge win against Seattle, so I put them at number two. Agreed. And our number one, Simon. I'll let you take this Unanimously, one, Unanimously, number one, FC Dallas, playing arguably the best soccer in the league. But wait, what? what is that? They've lost just two games ago to Seattle, 5-0? Well, that was their B team. Then they also lost to Sporting Kansas City, 2-0 all the way back on June 19th. Regardless, FC Dallas. Regardless, the thing is with this team, as we talked about, when they're hot, when Diaz is playing his best, when Barrios is playing his best, when Castillo is playing his best, not only do they play well, they're so exciting to watch, yes, Baxter. I agree. I completely agree with you on that one. All right, run us through our top five one more time, Simon. Top five, Baxter. We both have FC Dallas. You have Colorado at number two. I have Portland at number two. You have New York City FC at three. I've got Colorado at three. Portland for you at four. City for me at four. LA for both of us at five. I like it. I like it. That's a very good time then to move on to our final segment of the show. It is time for our I Believe segment, where Simon and I both offer an, a statement about the soccer world that we believe will take place, whether we think it's actually going to happen or not. It's still fun to make a prediction, you know, as, as, as it were, about the soccer world. Uh, Simon, what is your I Believe this All week? All right, Baxter, my I Believe. Now, we do not have any insight on this with the Milwaukee Torrent. No. Of course, we are the broadcast team for the Milwaukee Torrent. We, we know there's going to be a big announcement on Saturday. We honestly do not know what that is. No. But I believe that we will see the Torrent in uh, the legitimate part of the NPSL. It was provisional this year, yes. so they, they weren't um, able to qualify for the playoffs. Yes. Um, but I believe we'll see the Milwaukee Torrent playing in the NPSL. I'm going to double this, I believe. We're going, to, we're going to see the Milwaukee Torrent in the NPSL legitimately next year. We're going to see him make the playoffs, and we're going to see him make a run for the championship. Interesting. Okay, what about U.S. Open Cup? Because they can play for They US can Open in Cup. the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, let's see. So first round, they would enter... I think they're well. They'd have to qualify, I believe. I'm not sure. See, I'm not sure how it works because they're a professional yeah. team in a semi-pro league. Mm. So I'm not sure where that falls with or where they would enter. But I could, I could see, I could see the torrent making it to the you know, fourth, fourth round USL yeah. games. Yeah, USL teams. NAS, I could see them going all the way. I could see them beat a USL team and make it up against an NASL team. Interesting. Well, 
that would be fun. I would definitely uh, love to be a part of those broadcasts, of course, as we as we will. Shameless plug, you can listen to us on Rabble.tv on Saturday. Uh, the pregame show starts at about 5.45 p.m. Central Time. You can listen to it there. And the official kickoff is scheduled for 6 p.m. The Torn play their final game against the Chicago Mustangs. They've already wrapped up the Central Division Championship. There will be a trophy presentation and all that hoopla before, before probably after the game. And uh, you can listen to us, myself and Simon Provan, and uh, all other kinds of surprises as well. Uh, my, I believe, for this week centers around uh, the wonderful women of the U.S. Women's National Team. I believe that they will win the gold medal again for the, I will believe it will be the fourth consecutive time, I believe, or the third or fourth consecutive time they will Yeah, have, I'm not sure. They will win the gold medal, but uh, I believe they are going to take home the gold medal with uh, somewhat of an ease. They're gonna, France is going to give them their biggest test, I think, and once they get out of the group stage, they are going to run over the rest of the competition. Baxter, I could not agree more. You believe? I, I, believe, I believe. I believe that we will win. Ah, well done. I like what you did there. Thank well you. Well played. Well played. All right, Simon. Well, thank you to all of you wonderful listeners for tuning in. We love hearing from you guys. We really do. You can find us uh, all over the place, uh, emailing us, obviously, of course, to upfrontsoccer at gmail.com. Our website, also to upfrontsoccer.com. And you can find us on Fridays, of course, on the Sports Podcasting Network at 11.30 a.m. Central Time by going to sportspodcastingnetwork.com then On Demand on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com as well. You can find us on Facebook. Just type in the search engine there, 2UpFront. You'll find us there. We're also on Twitter, at 2UpFrontSoccer, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. Find us on the web, 2UpFrontSoccer.com. Also by our email, 2UpFrontSoccer, at gmail.com. Yes, indeed. Special thanks to USA NWSL editor, Bianca Verrar. Michael Cox of Orlando City B and Femi Hollinger-Jansen of the New England Revolution for joining us this week. Some great interviews mulling around for you next weekend. We can't tell you who they are yet because we haven't recorded the interviews yet, but once we know, obviously stay tuned to social media and we will let you know. He is Simon Provan. I am Baxter Colburn. It's great to have you back, Simon. Looking forward to next week's show, of course. Likewise, Baxter. Thank you. You're very welcome. With our manager being the one above, we are two up front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.